You're listening to Yes, Maybe, No with Andrew Streeter. Or as Chris Berman would say, daylight come and you gotta delone. And Yeti Blanc. Bless us this day, dear father, for our friend Jeanette. And special guest, Jeanette from L.A. You sure you're not from Hoboken? Is this show the best? Yes, Maybe, No! Welcome back to another episode of Yes, Maybe, No. I'm Yeti Blanc. And I am Andrew Streeter. And today we are blessed to have us another... Or today we are fortunate to have... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> bless us this day, dear father, for, Bl- for our friend Jeanette. Us. God bless us, everyone. Your friend Jeanette has joined us in the ranks right before we say, Yarg, maybe Narg. And today we are fortunate to have with us another guest, our friend from Twitter, our friend from the crew at Lauer After Hours and the Talking Jays podcast, Jeanette from L.A. Yes, welcome to an episode of Yarg, maybe Narg. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to thank everyone for their patience with us. We've taken an extended time off. January was weird. I think uh, Lorenzo Rodriguez put it really well in a tweet today where he said, I turned 36 last month and also 55. (laughs) And and yeah, January was weird, filled with some really crummy stuff, some really cool stuff. At least personally, there's been some cool creative endeavors come out of the last month and then just some crappy personal stuff between you know the range of, of this show and and so it's good to be back on the mic i'll leave it at that yarg yarg <laughs> let's clink our glasses to that where's me rum yarg. <laughs> <laughs> jeanette already uh committed to the bit and i love it i'm trying jennifer <laughs> jeanette welcome to the show take it away andrew <laughs> fair enough well week folks are we allowed to see Super Bowl? That's my first question. Are we allowed to see Super Bowl? I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to bleep out Super Bowl every time just as a gag. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, ass. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. <laughs> well, it's the week of the big game. And around here, that means we are going to talk about all things big game. And we wanted to have a guest on and talk about all things pertaining to this experience because it routinely gets the most watches i think view what watches no views there we go ratings they're called ratings andrew whatever <laughs> it is the highest of the things on television and that suggests to me that there's plenty of casual viewers so what are the casual viewers getting out of the hey! table well i mean it is a big spectacle we're gonna dive into it we're gonna we're gonna talk about it so yeti do you watch it every year regardless of the matchup i used to and then through certain religious beliefs that i have that i, I don't push on anybody else by any means yeah I, I started taking inventory on the whole sabbath day holy type thing not that i'm perfect at it or, or anything but but i decided that that's one thing i could do to i guess center myself towards my spirituality a little bit more so uh, as of a couple of years ago um i think it was patriots rams i sat that one out you picked a great one to ignore because that was <laughs> a stinker of a ball game it was a snoozer when i when i checked out the highlights on youtube the next day but yeah, so I don't watch it anymore in regularity, but I mean, luckily, because I can get all the commercials the next day, I can get the highlights on YouTube. I mean, when you really break it down, you're only getting about 12 to 15 minutes of actual game action anyway. So I just kind of make it like my red zone and I just you know wait a few extra hours and get some sleep. And, and so that works for me. 
I, I enjoy the spectacle of the Super Bowl or the big game, whichever we want to call it. But as of a few years ago, I decided to start sitting it out. All right. Getting started the way that we thought we would. <laughs> Let me tell you, cannonball! <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jeanette? Yeah. Um, unlike Yeti, I do watch pretty regularly. Um, Why don't you want to keep the Sabbath day holy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, 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 thank you. Thank you, church lady. I appreciate it. <laughs> Don't you love the Jesus? <laughs> Go ahead, Jeanette. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I really can't recall a game that I haven't watched. They may have been probably maybe middle school, so like 1997. I can't really remember all of them, but I know that I've been there, you know, sitting in front of the television, probably rooting more for one team over the other, and then, you know, just placing a random bet with either my mom, my aunt, or my cousins on the overall result. And then at the end, it's like everybody pay up and grudgingly having to pay whoever. <laughs> so that kind of works into it as part of like our tradition. It's, you know, we, we do the squares. So with the numbers, we can buy the numbers. And then it's like at the end of every quarter, you know, you can win so much whatever the scores are uh, and then ultimately you get so much it's not a lot of money because it's not that many of us that participate but my aunt because she loves the gambling feel anything that is a uh, competitive and can lead to gambling monopoly really uno, <laughs> um, oh, whoa. high stakes uno <laughs> yeah so she's always the main one that's like what are the you know what are the stakes and what do you guys want to you know so uh yeah what is your nfl team ah well technically i really don't have one because we had a huge vacuum in Los Angeles for a very long time. We had, you know, an absentia of NFL. Right. So during that time where there was nothing, that's why you went with whoever had the better storyline or the players that you liked more because it's always pitted against one team is like really good. One team is the bad guys or it's a sentimental favorite for the old guy that has never won anything. And, you know, he can go out a champion um, like Elway, yeah. you know, when he was in Denver. So that's usually how we would pick. Another thing was like who had the better mascot or the better uh, team colors. So it was a uh, many, many ways to pick and then you just kind of fell on your sword or you you know you were victorious in your taunting and smugness right. i picked the winner <laughs> take that mom and uh you got to carry that for a year but you there was like even to this day i don't have an allegiance to the either the rams or the chargers or anybody else so it just goes off of like storyline or whoever wins you know i'm kind of um have a dark sense of humor sometimes so i will usually pick okay whatever will cause people the most upset <laughs> that's what i'm rooting for i knew you were my kind of person so many years i found myself rooting for the patriots because i knew it would upset people be especially after spy gate and all that stuff and the plate gate it's like <sighs> i'm gonna root for the evil empire and when you would just see people i heard no not them again why why the disappointment it was just like yes Pump it <laughs> <into my> <laughs> <laughs> so the dark side of Jeanette here. Oh, I love it. I haven't had an NFL team since Steve Young left the 49ers. Growing up, that team became really cool to watch. And it was you know, in a similar era as Michael Jordan and the Bulls. And you know, being from North Carolina I, I, and, and being a Tar Heel fan, I attached myself to Michael Jordan. Going to the church that I do, I attached myself to Steve Young at a really, really um, young age. And so like, it was really cool to see them rise to prominence and uh, see the 49ers through that. But after... after 
after he left, I just kind of lost touch for a while. Um, and I didn't follow football very closely. But so for the last several years, like it's been just stories. Like I enjoyed the Patriots run for similar reasons why I enjoyed the, the Bulls of the 90s. But now I'm finding like this year, it's been really cool to see Brady do what he's doing. And and, and like as annoying as it can be, like there is a, a cool aspect to him being back in it. But I love Patrick Mahomes and what the Chiefs have going on. And Andy Reid is really, really cool and awesome. And you know, I lived in Seattle for a few years, so I never really called myself a full-on Seahawks fan. Like I, I, I fell in love with the Mariners when I went out there, but di- it didn't happen with the Seahawks. But when they won that Super Bowl, and it was so cool. I was really happy when they got Russell Wilson and that team that they've built. So they're fun to watch. So I, li- I like watching and enjoying fun things. I grew up in North Carolina, never have liked the Panthers. But when they got Cam, I thought that was really cool. And so it was cool to see them do well. Andrew, you uh, you uh, like to dominate the foe with the Carolina Panthers, right? Keep pounding. Dominate the foe. <sighs> <laughs> so, uh, with that, let me back up a little bit. Not unlike Yeti here, North Carolina, where I grew up, did not have a professional football team until 1995. So before then, you know, I also rooted for the 49ers and Steve Young with Deion Sanders, that 94 year where they just crushed the Chargers, the first Super Bowl that I watched. And I was like, oh man, that's amazing. Carolina got a team. It's like, okay, we got, we have a team now. I'm going to stick with my team. Do you watch the game every year? Oh yeah. I didn't answer that. (laughs) Sorry. I derailed us from that. It's fine. I do watch the game every year. I love the pageantry. I love anything that has stakes. That's why we love sports, you know? I I mean, it's, it's Super Bowl is a playoff game, right? I love the NFL playoffs. I love the NBA playoffs. Basketball is like my favorite thing, but I really love anything that has like such high drama and high stakes. And the Super Bowl has it all. Well, now when my team is in it, the two times the Panthers have played in it, I've been a total nervous wreck and I've hated it the entire experience, <laughs> even when they're doing well. We Panthers keep pounding. You know, that first Super Bowl where they lost on the last drive to Brady, That I was in high school for that, and it was, like, heartbreaking. But, like, I did not enjoy, and that was the, that was the nip, slip, halftime show. I didn't enjoy anything. I was a total <laughs> mess and a total wreck. I hated all the commercials. I didn't eat any food. I was just like, oh, gosh. I was in total agony. I'm like, what if we never come back? And I had the same attitude in Super Bowl 50 when they did make it back. And it was also miserable. And I had reason to be miserable because they lost to the worst freaking quarterback of that season. But yeah, I was going to ask, has any of our teams made it? And yeah, mine has twice, and it has been utterly disappointing both times. Actually, you know what? The first time, I won't even say that, because they they weren't even supposed to get that far. They were a wild card team, and they were like the scrappy underdogs, and they had the Patriots on the ropes, and then they lost on a field goal at the end. You know. Yeah, because that was 2003, right? So they're like less than eight years into their franchise, and they're there. And that's really cool. Yeah, it was really cool, and it was a great experience. So who was the quarterback for that? Was that Kerry Collins, or is that DeLome? That was Jake DeLome. <laughs> or as Chris Berman would say, daylight come and you got a DeLome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you guys do watch it, or, or Yeti, when you did watch it, do you prefer to watch it in like a bigger guy? Have you been to different parties? Let me tell you something. I hate watching sports in a group because most people that are there, especially the Super Bowl, they don't care about the game. They don't know anything about sports. And so they're just pissing you off the whole time. Like, hey, who's that? What, what happened? Like, what? <laughs> 
it's changed um, as the years have gone on. When I was not married, if there was a chance to meet girls, Ooh. then I enjoyed the the Super Bowl party, baby. Um, but since I've been married, we've gone to a, I think one or two, um, or watched it with other people, and I don't like it at all. So when if we were at someone else's house, it's usually there's usually at least one or two more people there that don't care about it, and so I, I'm distracted. I don't get to watch it like I want to. That kind of thing. So you know, since I've been married, I like to watch it just on our own, like at my house. Um, my kids like watching stuff with me, so it's fun to watch it with them. But outside of that, yeah, I don't want anybody else around. I want to be able to, because I want to be able to be immersed in the game. I want to analyze what's going on. I want to hear the commentary, you know, because that to me, that's part of the enjoyment. I, I don't like passively watching sports. I'll just turn it off. I'm not going to lie. I hate watching regular season games with people. I hate yeah, it. Yeah. Even yeah. People I like, I just don't want to do it. What about you, Jeanette? Yeah. So I guess I'm a little bit uh, more social than both of you. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, uh, but it, it's a, it's a limited attendance. So once you know the people that you are kind of vibe with and even some of their um, bad tendencies you don't mind to the overall experience, uh, you're happy to have them. So for me, it's always either my aunt and my cousin and my niece will come over or we go to their house. So it's never packed. We don't do like... 20 deep and tent out the backyard and a big old TV and you know no because that would drive me insane because I would just be like I have to clean up after everybody and I'm not going to be able to focus on the game or any of that stuff no I don't that that part I don't never it's just going to be intimate and that's it and like I said part of that goes that we're going to try to set up some little uh, gambling prop bet type things that my aunt thinks she can make a quick buck off of us um, it's like hey you know uh, whatever like uh, wh- which way they're going to run when the game starts stuff like that so that's how she kind of picked it up it's just like how can I make a bet so that's how where my aunt goes my mom she's more concerned about like the storylines so she will learn a few things about a couple players uh and then she'll be like okay well i really like the fact that you know aaron Rodgers is her favorite quarterback she is not a green bay packer fan though but she likes him because he speaks spanish well so whenever <laughs> green bay is playing she is all about aaron Rodgers. she wants him to win all the time so she was very heartbroken a couple weeks ago right the lafleur stuff it's just like no 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 they gotta they gotta fire that guy he's not stupid what is he you know what is she doing to my Aaron? and i was like dan dan is is my mom i was going to say is that why dan's attracted to him (laughs) (laughs) yeah so then you know me and my sister consider ourselves more like the professional sports fans or we take it a little not not too seriously but that we followed enough along to kind of give some information but we're secretly googling stuff so we can sound like we know so there's that and the other thing when you do it in like in your own home or in the comfort of a relative it's like everybody has their area to like lay out and like i claim the couch here's my food and my my tables and all that stuff and claim your real estate yeah so i have like my spot where i can watch or then if it gets too crowded it's like okay i have my own tv in my room i'm gonna switch over there i'll be back later you know because then you start doing the thing where because i'm sitting here i'm jinxing so i gotta start moving around (laughs) which we do have a couple of those people in my family so it's like you know and you know now we have TVs in almost every room in the house. So it's like you inevitably, it's like there's a, you know, there's a relative in the kitchen. 
you sequester somebody every yeah, time uh, yeah. uh, standing on one foot holding their thumb to their nose because they think that's what's going to get them a touchdown so that, that's what I come from that's spectacular I will say that you know as far as the Super Bowl goes it is fun to be with people when you're reacting to stuff that's not the game like the commercials and the Super Bowl halftime show which we'll get into in a little bit but I think that I would have a way better time at, at, uh, at your party than any that I've been in the past Jeanette <laughs> I think that's more my vibe. You're invited as long as you bring a couple of bucks. Because that's like how my aunt always looks at people. Like, you're coming over for an event. She's like, how much money you got on you? Okay, you can stay. <laughs> She's just shaking them down as they come yeah. in the door. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Oh, so, God. what is the best food? We try to do a little bit of a fusion between traditional, you know, American food and then, uh, you know, Mexican. So we'll have, you know, wings, chips, soda. If you're on a diet, low carb, you're watching your figure, do not come to my house on big game Sunday because there will nary a vegetable to be found for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's what's up. Uh, and then for this upcoming Sunday, I convinced my mom to make barbacoa. Oh. So this year, I think we're going to skip all of you know the regular fanfare of pizza and wings and chips and that and we're mainly going to have barbacoa rice and probably beans so that's what we're having okay well i have to come now oh my gosh <laughs> yeah just just bring a hundred dollars and my aunt will not mind <laughs> i'm pretty much i don't want a meal i just want yeah all the finger foods like wings the dips the variety of, of chips wings is is like the main thing i want though pizza that's fine if you've got a big enough group it works with the kids but like i'm probably not going to eat the pizza but like yeah just just like little finger sandwiches finger foods but I, if i did have to choose a meal it would be mexican food like some some uh you know classic corn shell tacos or not hard shell but like you know the, the real tacos and uh i don't know if, is it okay to call them street tacos i don't know that's what people around here call them but yes yes all right all right and <laughs> i give you permission <laughs> thank you but yeah so tacos of the night Ta tacos <laughs> tacos of the night <laughs> Exchanging glances. All right. <laughs> so if we were going to have a meal, that would be it. Because that, I mean, they're small enough. They kind of fit the finger food motif still, but they're surprisingly filling, which I think is funny. So finger foods are my favorite to go with. But if we were going to have a meal, it would be like street tacos and maybe some, you know, some uh, street corn. Andrew. Oh, man. So you need like that sausage cheese dip. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I just need to like steal, take all of that and keep it to myself. Like that's to me, <laughs> that's what the super no! tastes like. <laughs> just like a mountain of Tostitos hint of lime chips with that entire bowl that somebody else but me made of the sausage and cheese dip. And I'm pretty set, honestly. Okay. Commercials. People pay millions of dollars for these spots. They put on these insane productions and, uh, sometimes they're pretty clever and sometimes I'm like, huh? Do you guys have a favorite? Like when you think full commercials, you have one that comes to you, Yeti. The first one that comes to my mind, I'm not saying it's my favorite, but it's probably the most iconic is the Budweiser frog. Totally. That one is stuck with me, of course, but I, I do love when they can get really clever with it. That's clearly the best. And one of the most clever ones that I've seen over the last few years, it was some beer company. It might have been Miller Lite. I can't remember, but it was just a dude popped up on the screen for like a split second. And said, hey, and that's it. And he's gone. And <laughs> I... <laughs> I really, really loved that. But it's funny, as every year I'll see a commercial that I'm like, that was awesome. That's incredible. But here we are a year later. I can't tell you what it was. I don't know. 
it's funny how forgettable they can be. What about you, Jeanette? So I had same kind of a brain fog where I was trying to remember just even last year's commercial and I couldn't think of anything. So I was just like, that's probably because of everything that's happened over the past year. Then then I was like, well, maybe. So I went and I looked it up and there was like a mishmash of like maybe 10, 15 commercials are like, these are the best. And I was watching them and I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah. I didn't like that. So from last year, what I did kind of remember was the Jason Momoa commercial for Rocket Mortgage where he's going home and when he's inside, he's taking off his muscles and his hair and it's just like, you know, he's like super Tom wimpy. from accounting. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, okay, that one had its moment. And then there was the Google commercial of the man paying um, tribute to his wife that had passed away, Loretta. Yeah. And it's just like the different ways you can use Google, the, the pictures, the memories and stuff to, you know, remember someone's life. Uh, so I remember that one that there was a lot of reaction online when it came out. A lot of people were crying and it's like, oh, Loretta, come back. We miss you. And <laughs> it was like, okay. But I would posit that the most successful would have had to have been the NBC promo that starred Jason Stakes as Ted Lasso because inevitably it spun up to that really great TV show that everybody enjoyed last year. So if we're talking like underdog, sneaky good commercial, I guess we would have to give it to NBC and Ted Lasso. I always think about the Budweiser frogs and how effectively they marketed alcohol to children. <laughs> anyway, what always feels weird to me is when I'm on, you know, in, in modern times, in the last 10 plus years, I always, you know, I love seeing the, the funny tweets, the different, you know, the commentary about what's going on during the game or during co commercials or halftime show or whatever. And it always makes me feel weird that people are getting excited about commercials. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're excited. We're going to watch commercials. <laughs> like, <what>? Yeah. When, <laughs> when the rest of the year is the only acceptable time the rest of the year, we don't want to see that crap. I mean, we pay lots of money to be able to fast forward through those yeah, things. Ex exactly. And for one yeah. night a year, they win. <laughs> so moving on to halftime shows, a time honored tradition, but is it really? It, it turns out pretty much every halftime show up until 1993 when Michael Jackson played halftime and then everyone went totally bananas and you couldn't even hear the performance because everyone was just screaming the whole time. <laughs> that really set the bar and that's when moving forward, you had big major acts doing the Super Bowl halftime show because everything before that, I was looking and it's like, it's like the Lawrence Welk show, basically. It was like marching bands and like, you know, what's his face? Andy Williams comes out and like reads a poem or something. And it's like, all right. And Williams <laughs> second half like I'm not kidding it was like really lame wonder bread Americana then it turned into this and it's gone through waves because like early on they were getting you know Michael Jackson they had uh, Diana Ross had like a really awesome halftime show in the 90s I feel like but then like there was this stretch where it became like this weird jumble of like TRL like it was just like the like let's have like Nelly like sing for 10 seconds and then like because it's always only 12 minutes right and so every time i saw like a bill where it was like pretty spears and like the backstreet boys and kid rock and now and like how are we fitting all these people into this like <laughs> it was totally a total cluster frank of nonsense for a while there and it peaked with the janet jackson wardrobe malfunction and then they totally course corrected in the next year they had paul mccartney <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Just Paul McCartney. And then that started a wave of like all of like the geriatric legacy acts they had like uh, in that stretch. The Rolling Stones played a really terrible set and that was their thing. The Who 
They had Tom Petty, right? Tom Petty, yes, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> and they were like, yeah. They way over overcorrected. The only saving grace in that stretch of 05 to 2010 that you're talking about, Andrew, was 2007 Prince. That was the greatest halftime show of all time. That's what I was getting to. I'm glad you brought it up. He played Purple Rain in the rain. He also played a cover of the Foo Fighters' Best of You. That the Foo yeah, Fighters that was didn't- that threw me for a loop. <laughs> But he was, it was amazing. But, um, but yeah, do you guys have a favorite halftime show? Do you have any memorable performances or moments that stick out in your head or any like, what the heck, why is this happening moments? <laughs> Go for it, Jeanette. Okay. I'm going to take it back to 2015 and Katy Perry. Left shark, not giving a <laughs> damn oh, and yeah. stealing the show. <laughs> She's over there looking cute and coordinated and, you know, doing her poppy, poppy, pop self princess and fireworks and emoting and we have this shark that just goes rogue and it's like i don't care about choreography nobody's really looking at me i'm gonna just move however i want and that became a thing so left shark that totally torpedoed Katy perry i salute you i salute (laughs) you for your anarchist ways and i hope if you're hearing this that you reach out and you let me know that you heard it love you bud Left. <laughs> Left Shark really did capture the attention of the the monoculture. Like it became a thing for quite some time. And but obviously I'm not a big Katy Perry guy, but that was a really good performance. There was a lot yeah. of great production elements going on there. She played songs that made sense. They stuck with a theme. It was cool. And then there was the kid that like started flossing, right? That's like the guy <laughs> the, the kid on stage also like started the floss dance that all the kids do still. So that was that was a big moment. Yeah, I am I have to say that Katy Perry one actually threw me for a loop. I left that Super Bowl one. Am I a Katy Perry fan now? She put on a good show. (laughs) She was a really good show. And and I think that's what, like, Beyonce probably put on actually a better show, but I expected that. I didn't expect Katy Perry's to capture me the way it did. So, you know, I know people trashed on the Paul McCartney performance. I don't care. I'm going to enjoy any chance I can get to watch him play. He did great. Um, But there's one that really stands out for me. It would have been the Super Bowl in 2002. U2 played the halftime show. And this is, of course, just a few months after September 11th. And I'm not even this giant youtube fan but like i was really enamored with how good the performance was but then they start scrolling you know they, they get the heartstrings and they start scrolling the names of everyone who died in the attacks on september 11th and bono opens up his jacket like half of his jacket and he's got he's got an american flag stitched on the inside of his jacket and i'm just like you man you everything everything about you i want to be you i want to <laughs> you're my favorite i love you and it just it, it, it didn't matter what he did after that at least for a short period of time that was great showmanship excellent performance that one has always stuck with me i don't remember any of the shows before that outside of michael jackson but then in in recent memory yeah i i have to say like yeah the katie perry one katie perry one threw me for a loop bruno mars like i'm not a bruno mars fan he's an insanely talented musician and performer though and it was cool getting to see the chili peppers come out and see an anthony kiedis look younger than me and he's like 79 years old um and he's still ripped um scott van pelt put it the best right after that super bowl and this is always stuck with me he says he says yeah i'm not a bruno mars fan at all but that little man got up there and sang his heart 
encounter, that tiny man, I think he called him that tiny man. So that tiny man got on that stage and sang his heart out and performed like no other. And that was really, really cool. If I remember correctly, that was the really horrible, terrible, boring blowout Super Bowl, the Seahawks over the Broncos where everything Yes. Else wrong for the Broncos. And so that was really the only thing that Super Bowl had going for it was that Bruno Mars and his like band of merry men got up there and they, they totally rocked it, man. They really yeah, did. It was, it was a great performance. I remember being surprised with how good Lady Gaga was. I came out of that and, and as an actual legitimate Gaga fan after that, I had not given her any credit prior. She's rad, man. Yeah. I, I've, I've been a fan of hers ever since. <laughs> but yeah, so, so there's the, a couple the, of combos here in 2000. Okay. This is the most, to me, the most WTF lineup you can imagine. <laughs> Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, and Tony Braxton. <laughs> uh, touching a little bit of everything with that. Young, see, old, Latin, white. But see, that year... A little AB- bit of everybody. It was airing on ABC, and, and Disney owns ABC, and so Disney had Phil Collins singing, like, the Tarzan songs and stuff, and they also had, like, the Disney Millennium performance, where there was a bunch of weird puppets and, like, crap going on. People <laughs> really came away, like, traumatized, I feel like, because no one remembers <laughs> that that was the lineup or what even happened that night. Um, and then another one was Shania Twain, No Doubt, and Sting. In 2003, um, I actually remember watching this because Shania Twain, like, just, like, very, with no backup dancers or anything, just goes out and she sang one of her songs. I don't know, man, I feel like a woman or whatever. And then, no doubt, does Just a Girl, which is a song I was, like, seven or eight years old by then. And I'm like, okay, right. that's cool. I like that. And then they start playing uh, Message in a Bottle and Sting, they sing Message in the Bottle with Sting and so does Shania Twain. And that's the end. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I don't know what just, <laughs> what that was. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for me, I was going to either say that whole play in 2016, Black Eyed Peas 2011, or the craziness Maroon 5 having to be backed up by you know, Atlanta's finest big boy um, in 2019. Those to me are like my, the bottom tier of these performances because it's either the moment was too big for the act or the act just didn't make sense for the game. Well, this year's matchup. You guys excited about this year's game? The old guard versus the new guard? Fun fact, Pat Mahomes was in kindergarten when Brady won his first Super Bowl. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that is that, that's so strange but um i mean like like i do think it, I, if brady were there with the patriots again this year it would be annoying but like it's cool to see him do it with this new team this is look this is brady's 10th game that's preposterous because really everyone talks about this is like 20 what 22nd season or 21st one of those one season he didn't even play at all of the years that he's actually started he's made it like 56 percent of the time to the super bowl that's he no he has played in 18 percent of all the super bowls that's so stupid and insane <laughs> and we sh- and at this point i'm not even mad like he beat the panthers that one year and you know i was for, so for a long time i was like anti brady and then eventually you know, and it was really cool to see in 2007 uh, him lose uh, that, that undefeated <laughs> season of the miracle David Tyree helmet catch. Right. I mean, that and then how he 
could just could never get over the Eli Manning hump. That's really funny to me. He lost to Eli Manning and Nick Foles. Though that's really funny. Yeah, he lost to the two least physically threatening quarterbacks out there. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> and uh, you know, everyone talks about this is going to be like the patch- passing of the torch game. I'm like, is it really going to be him passing the torch if like the, uh, the Bucks get totally torched themselves? You can't pass a torch that you're getting torched with, right? Right. He doesn't have anything to prove, and I think just by being there, it's a really cool story. And it would be, I mean, to get seven would be unbelievable, and to get two different rings as the guy at two different on two different teams is also unbelievable as well. But like, I think that he's already accomplished the goal. I think of leaving the Patriots. Like, it would just be icing on the cake at this point for him to yeah. win this one. Really, my only thoughts in this game are: I don't care if the game is terrible because I've already received all the entertainment value I needed from this game by someone tweeting out that Tom Brady now has more Super Bowl appearances than Jason Pierre-Paul has fingers. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) What a stat. I'm I'm fulfilled. That's all I needed out of this game. Jeanette, what are your your thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, so I I don't think Brady is just falling in for the, I'm just happy to be here. Gosh, you know, this is great. Oh no, he wants to win. Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) because he wants to win for you know, it's in his hometown. So he already has that uh, feather in his hat of he's the first quarterback to actually play in a Super Bowl where his uh, hometown is the host city, right? So he already has that on his back. And then he also wants to just torch what he left behind the, the Patriots and Bill Belichick for, you know, all the people out there that still think, oh, he was just a system guy or, you know, mm-hmm. him having all those pay cuts and having weapons taken away. He wants to just let it be known to everybody. It's all Tom. It was me the whole time. Everything is going to be me at the end when I decide right. to give it all up. That's the whole thing. So I think it really is just going to come down to the the coaching and what the schemes are going to be and really who, uh, sorry to bust out the cliche, but who blinks first? <laughs> and whoever does that, uh, thank God Tomlinson is not there because, oh my God, but whoever in any way flubs it, I, that's where it's going to go. Well, this has been an illuminating discussion. We've got Andy Reid. Oh, yeah. What's the... <laughs> we've, we've got Andy Reid making another appearance in the Super Bowl, and that always opens the door up to some of the the best out of all the looks like in the Levitard show looks like universe is are the ones about Andy Reid. Mine's the, with the box of donuts and the don't mind if I do. <laughs> and Jeanette, what, what's your favorite Andy Reid looks like? Um, well, I believe it's unanimous that it is the donuts. 12 to 3 unanimous. That's everybody's <laughs> favorite. But I would also like to throw in there maybe a forgotten one but still a great one andy reed looks like the guy who endured a harrowing experience spending 14 hours with his arms stuck in a vending machine it's good <laughs> it's so good <laughs> so i agree with you that waggles his fingers don't mind if i do that's the one that that's probably the, the fan favorite for sure and that's the one that got me in the door but my personal favorite is that andy reed looks like a guy running down the saloon in his long johns because the lady of the night stole his boots and cowboy hat i can just the lady of the night stole my boots and that cowboy hat um like that <laughs> That one's just, it's, it's so good. But like, like the, the fans have done such a great job of writing for Andy Reid. But yeah, so, but yeah, the, the, the lady of the night one, just because of that phrase, that's what sets that apart. The, the lady of the night stole his boots and cowboy Tacos of the night. <laughs> 
all comes back full circle. I also love the, uh, right. the, the imagery of him being like a prison guard or the, uh, like a sheriff, old timey sheriff, you know, Los Angeles's favorite son. That's right. Angelino, John Marshall High grad, Glendale Community College. What? (laughs) He also Uh, worked part-time at Dodger Stadium when he was in high school as a food vendor. Andrew Reed. Oh, man. Jeanette, where can people find you on the internet and other places? Uh, Yes. So I am on Twitter, uh, somewhat decent uh, twitterer uh, if you don't mind oh shut up Jeanette's a great twitter follow Jeanette's follow so at jher she's so good oh my yeah, god don't sure. let her talk herself down yeah follow her at jher17 she's good <laughs> yeah. follow um sometimes uh i get to talk on lower after hours so rate subscribe review and i also do something a little bit more serious sometimes one on talking jays so that's another option of the podcast and you know thank you andrew thank you yeti this has been so much fun <laughs> now i want tacos big saint well i want barbacoa we do have to chant we have to chant yeah that's true that's true but before we chant follow jeanette at jher17 find her on the lower after hours podcast and especially the the talking jays podcast you can get those wherever you buy your podcast for free but also don't forget to to um rate subscribe and review to um to yes to, to this show you can find us on twitter and instagram at yes maybe no pod you can find me on twitter at yeti blanc underscore and me on twitter at andrew streeter underscore that's right so thanks again Jeanette, for joining us and until next time is brady, brady on the, the juice, juice. Yes, yes maybe, maybe. No, is Brady on the juice? Yes, maybe no. He totally is. Everyone have a good one. Listen to Yes, Maybe No. Subscribe, download, rate, review, or find podcasts or sold. Or, uh, download. Jeanette, the best a man can get. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos, no need to ask why. Open your mouth and close your eyes. Are you doing peri grip crooning? It's raining tacos. <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh my god! I feel like I owe you so many. You need one of those big cognac glasses. I'll do it like, like here's five. I'm down at the piano bar.